So when you think of success, what, what comes to mind? Yeah, so interestingly, I think that if you look in the dictionary at the definition of success, I'm pretty sure it says something to the effect of success is the fulfillment of a target or aim. It's literally that generic. And yet every bit of what we've tied success to, far more so as men, mm -hmm. is money and power and uh, an accumulation of things. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. Um, today, we're on the podcast here to talk about this concept of masculinity. It seems to be a hot topic today, but the way that we view it and really see the trajectory of it going and how the old version of it or previous thoughts around masculinity can change to help men be more of their true selves. So, Ryan, I think a good place to start is kind of give a brief background of yourself and what has brought you up until this point <laughs> in your life. Yeah, I mean, I think because context is important, at, at least in this regard. I think the more important things for me were, you know, I got to this place about, gosh, a year ago, and I, I know we'll step back through this at some point, but I got to this place a year ago where I was getting more honed in on what I wanted to do from a coaching perspective. I had been coaching executive leaders and business owners and salespeople, men and women both, and I wanted to create a course, um, but not where I hit record and people go watch it later, like something that, you know, I could live guide people through. And so we had to keep getting more and more narrow on the target audience, right? I mean, anybody that sells knows you have to get as narrow and as niche down as possible. That's the most effective way to, to sell it and to market. And so we kept going more and more narrow and we got to this place of successful married businessmen. And, and it's relevant because as we got to that place, the team that I was working with, I was working with a consulting firm and they said, okay, so tell me a little bit about your story to this point as it relates to why you're passionate about that topic. So I was like, oh, that's good. And it went all the way back to my parents getting divorced when I was six and my dad left um, he was with another woman and immediately moved in with her, uh, started a relationship. Uh, she had a family already. Uh, and so I, I entered into this, you know, rest of my life experience of having a weekend father. And it was hard uh, to the point where um, at one point uh, later on in life, I didn't speak to my dad for 10 years. And, um, and, and we reconciled since my dad and I have a great relationship, but I didn't realize how negatively that affected my views of manhood and masculinity and how that had guided every business effort that I had, you know, every, everything. And so like, that was one pivotal moment of kind of getting to this point. The next one was, uh, I got married at 20 one, almost 22, or 22, almost 23. And my best friend of five years, uh, we got married and it was amazing, had a baby 10 months later, and then the shit hit the fan. And it just got really hard. 
four and a half years in, we're talking divorce. Um, and we came to faith as the result of a last ditch effort to try and figure out how to coexist in a marriage together. But again, like it was another pivotal moment of recognizing that I had such a skewed view of what it meant to be a man and what it meant to be a husband and what it meant to be a father. As a matter of fact, the day I walked into church for the first time, the topic was what it meant to be a godly husband and a godly father, right? Like How ironic. Huh? It was crazy. <laughs> and so all these things were shaping my views on manhood. All along, I had started a business in 2011. I was coaching salespeople and and business owners, and I loved that, and I still love that, but I was becoming more and more drawn to this idea of identity and authenticity around that, and then more specifically, how to be a man. And so that brings me to some degree, and I I know we'll unpack this as we go farther, but it brought me finally to this place of, I need to do something different. And as much as it is an amazing, hopefully, gift for other people, It's far more the need that I have to go back and use my story for good and use the experiences I've had for good. So that's how I kind of got to today, at least as it relates to this topic. Yeah, you know, and and, a key word that you um, have built a brand off of is authenticity. And for myself, the word that I think almost synonymous with authenticity is alignment and creating alignment and hence the name of this podcast, the Aligned Lifestyle Podcast. Authenticity is seeking more alignment and more alignment is seeking authenticity is one way that we can view it. Um, And creating that path for yourself has been a result of all of your life experience and your ability to share that and something that you have talked to me at great lengths about of sharing our stories and how important they are, but also how they can provide meaning and context to the life and the direction that you want to go. Yeah. So all this to say that it's brought you to a point of narrowing down, niching down, however you want to use the phrase, to building a program that is for men who are married and want to be successful. Yeah. Now, when you look at the term successful, a lot of people have different <laughs> definitions. So when you think of success... What, what comes to mind? Yeah, so interestingly, I think that if you look in the di- dictionary at the definition of success, I'm pretty sure it says something to the effect of success is the fulfillment of a target or aim. It's literally that generic. And yet every bit of what we've tied success to, far more so as men, mm-hmm. is money and power and uh, an accumulation of things, right? Beyond just wealth, but all this other shit. Am I allowed to say that? Yes, that's okay. what you want. <laughs> I personally, am, I think I've maybe cussed a couple times, yeah. but let's let it rip. Sorry. Uh, so um, I should have asked for permission for a warning. <laughs> Forgiveness later. Um, so, um, so, so that was the place that I had started with defining success. I mean... At 23, 24 years old, I'm dating myself. This is 20 years ago. I remember cracking $100,000 in annual income for the first time. It was a crazy amount of money to on paper have made that much money at that age. Now kids are making millions of dollars by that age. Some of them, right? Still a small fraction, Mm -hmm. but 100,000 sounds like nothing to a lot of people. And so... But that was success for me. It was, I broke six figures. I bought my wife a Mercedes. We had a nice home in Yorba Linda. Um, I was big into watches. And so I bought myself a $4,000 watch. And 
I was throwing thousands of dollars on the blackjack table. And like, that was success to me, you know? Uh, whereas, as all of that was ripped from me, uh, I, I lost our house, um, most of our fun stuff, um, almost every dollar that we had at one point, uh, that was like the, the end of that was 2013. I began to realize that success was so much more. And I think that most people would say that, but most people don't live that way. And so what I'm trying to help people, again, first by living it myself, is that success truly is the fulfillment of whatever my heart's desire is to achieve. And and that is that target or aim. That's mine, right? And, and so we're all going to have a different definition of success. I wish people would stop saying that, you know, success can be anything you make it and then living in a totally contradictory manner because I want people to realize that sex, success can be anything you make it, but it's just gotten lost. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think what was super great, what you did, and oftentimes I find myself doing is looking actually what the definition of a certain word is. And a lot of people would be surprised that the words that they're using don't align with what they're actually trying to say yeah. by definition. Yeah. But back to the point of success is that like the definition of success changes over time and it can change based on the phase of life that you're in, but it's constantly evolving. So there's no one singular definition of success other yeah. than, uh, please help me and repeat what you said the definition of success was the same yeah. or the, you know, the, the achievement of a target or an aim or the fulfillment of a target or an aim. Right. And you said it yourself, like it's so vague. It's crazy. Like, so there needs, I don't want to say there needs to be, but there should be a guiding light of sort to help people achieve success where it's kind of just left up into the air for people to try to figure out. Well, check this out. Sorry, sorry to but, interrupt you. I know this is your gig and I don't no. want to do that a lot, but, but this is like, this is so important because it's something that you said that I think needs to be caught and, and people need to, to capture better. You said success is an ever evolving thing. Okay. And yet when we think about success, we have a picture in our mind of what success is that has an end date or an end goal to it. Mm -hmm. And so we have set ourselves up for absolute misery our entire life as the result of that. People are like, well, how is that possible? It's because one of two things happens. Either we end up achieving that at some point in our life, and then we no longer have anything to live for, or we spend our whole life chasing something that doesn't really freaking matter anyway, and we're miserable in pursuit of that thing. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to figure out, what success looks like, like you said, in this phase, and then in that phase, and then in that phase, or in this context, and like even at home and at work, success are two totally different things. Yeah, but I, I think the key and crucial thing that people are not sure of what to do is how do you mesh those two worlds together? Right. Right, and, and we'll touch on this more as we get into uh, more detail about where you've gone with this, but at the same time, like I think some people forget about the reevaluation period, you know, and, and because... I've been thinking about this lately in a stream of consciousness of like life is a continuum. You know, there's there's a beginning and an end when you come into the world and when you leave the world. But at the same time, like when you're in your lifetime, there's no fixed points. It continually keeps moving forward. And what you said is like people have this idea 
And then they aim to achieve this idea and they get there and they're like, what's next? But what lacked in that moment was the ability to prepare for that by reevaluating. And that's what can be so tricky in this life planning process and this goal setting process of like, yeah, you create a 10 year vision five years ago. And then that five years transpires and you focus on another 10 year vision. It, it looks quite a bit different, but there's probably a lot of carryover that you can look at and be able to streamline into that next one of what you've accomplished where people look at it as like, well, I just got to completely stop everything I'm doing and then begin this whole process over again. Yep. And that's where these points of being stagnant in your life and feeling like you're not accomplishing a lot. And don't get me wrong. I've definitely felt that way recently and at different points in my life. And have you? Oh, gosh. I, I would almost be a liar. I would be a liar if I said that. I don't feel that way at least once a week. Yes. And <laughs> I, I'm coming up on 10 years of being in business for myself. I am so insanely far ahead of where I was in 2012 when we were literally scraping by to try and just pay our mortgage and put food on the table. Like, no exaggeration. I should celebrate that, and I don't. I'm even... I'm leaps and bounds ahead of where I was two years ago. Mm -hmm. But all I can constantly think about, again, because I'm fighting the same shit that everybody else is, which is somebody bought a new Ferrari or somebody is, you know, just bought their house or they're remodeling a house when I don't even have a house to remodel or their business just broke 10 million, whatever. And so it's being fed into my head so much and I allow it to seep in there. And so I end up in this place of, I'm never going to get there. Mm. Yeah, so many things in just that little bit that you said, <laughs> like stick out to me. And one is the shiny object syndrome of like constantly chasing what looks cool, what looks sexy. And social media has such a play in that in today's world. And just media in general, it's in your face. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the other thing that popped out that you just said is that you allowed it to happen. Yep. And the hardest thing and the one thing, in my opinion, that most people don't do is accept responsibility for yeah. that or have the accountability for it. And I, I think that's a great place to lead this into of like, for me recently, like I'm someone who values themselves as someone who takes accountability, takes responsibility for my actions. But I kind of lost sight of that. And when I took your or went through your program recently, the foundations to freedom. It like I had all these epiphany moments of just that of like where I was not actually taking responsibility in my life and putting myself in the direction. And there is such a need for men to have that direction, that mm -hmm. guidance. And you've created something that has brought it to that point that gives people a roadmap in a sense. So can, can you kind of touch on, um, how, like, as you started niching down and, like, getting into this product that you developed, like, what culminated in that process for you? Way more than I could ever possibly <laughs> share Give in us a the concise manner. <laughs> but, as best as you can. So I'll, I, I distinctly remember finishing up 2018. So just for some context, uh, I started my business in 2011. Uh, 2012 was the worst year financially of our entire lives. I mean, uh, when I said we were scraping by, you know, people were putting gift cards in our mailbox for the grocery store. 
people were gifting us with a dinner out for just Michelle and I. Uh, because we had two little kids and we were just trying to put food on the table. The church that we belonged to multiple times would come and put a check in our mailbox. Like it, it was crazy how bad it was. So that, that was early on. <clears throat> uh, 2015, uh, I was doing a consulting project for a client. I got hired full time. Uh, long story, but 2018, I resigned that job. I went back into business for myself. So I had split 2018, half I was W-2 employee or almost half, and then I went back into business for myself. And literally by the grace of God, I was able to, in two weeks, replace the monthly income that I'd walked away from when I went back out. So I get to the end of 2018, in that six-month period from June to December of 2018, I made more money than I ever had in a six-month period. To the tune of like, just just for some context, I think I made like $200,000 in a six-month period. Like it was a windfall for me of income in such a tight period. I was blown away. I'm like, I exceeded all my goals. I'm super pumped. Things are going great. And I was planning for 2019 and and unbeknownst what 2020 was going to look like. Uh, But I was planning for 2019 and I remember saying to myself, what the hell is the point of continuing to set and achieve goals? And I remember saying that to somebody, I don't even remember who it was, and they thought I was crazy. They're like, wait a minute, you're a coach. Like, that's what you do with people. And that's how you have to continue to move forward. And I decided to test the water in 2019. And and testing the water for me was, for the first time in my entire professional career, which started in 1997, I did not set a single goal. In 2019. No financial goals, no health and fitness goals, nothing. What I decided to do was instead say, I believe that if I can understand what the best version of me looks like and produce those habits on a daily basis, that I will create the life of my dreams. And so that's what I did in 2019. I focused on seven areas of my life. I think I had about 15 habits that were either daily or weekly. 2019, I produced more revenue for my business than I had in that in that previous year. I was happier. I was more, I was enjoying my life more. I was more fulfilled. All the while, there were still lots of challenges. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, 2020, I'm going to do it again. And I did. And 2020 was better. And so halfway through 2020, I wanted to start inserting that, or the beginning of 2020, I wanted to start inserting that into my clients, my one-to-one clients. And so I started having them focus more on producing the best version of them and forgetting about their goals. And that was really hard because a lot of the people I coach work for other people. And so trying to tell your employer, like, I don't care about your goal, I'm going to focus on me, (laughs) wasn't awesome. But it was working. And we were starting to see better employees, happier employees, and they were producing. So that's when I hired a consulting firm midway through 2020, and we started down this path of unpacking this idea that if instead of fixating on a goal, I fixated on this idea of freedom, which really is the ability to do what I want, when I want, with the people that I want. If we could focus on that instead, I believed that we could produce at a higher level across all facets of life. And it was, it was a brutal, brutal 10 months of working with that consulting firm because 
when you're talking about like feelings and experience, that's not sexy, right? And, and that doesn't sell. It's not quantifiable. Either. No, not at all. Like, hey, are you happier today than you were yesterday? Yep, great. I did my job, you right. know? Yeah. Where's the sliding scale to really rate that on? That's what everyone wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but but they helped me. Like, the, the owner specifically, his name is Zach Lush. Like, he will go down as one of the greatest gifts to my business. We're still working together today, but him and his partner, John, they helped me to unpack that idea, to break it down into nine pillars, which I never even had an idea to do and to understand what each of those pillars meant and how they inserted themselves into each other and collaborated with each other. And, but that was really the beginning was I had to test it on myself first, because if I couldn't do it for me, how dare I try and charge somebody else to do it for them, which again is what most coaches, consultants, authors writing books, that's what they do is they just hear of an idea and they just tell everybody else to do it. And all the while we learned that most of them aren't even doing that behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So I had to do it for myself. It worked. It still is working pretty well. I'm definitely happier than I've ever been. Um, So yeah, I mean, it was just, it it was really a a, a true test of will to see if I could make it work. Yeah. You know, as you shared that synopsis of the, of the process, like, you know, I was there for a lot of that, you know, at that time, you were working with me one-on-one uh, at the gym that I worked at. Yeah. And I remember the specific conversation that you said that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to have any goals, you know? And we, we had, I, I remember like I hesitantly brought that up to you before um, based on a common person that we had followed in Ben Bergeron and, and saying he focused on his athletes of just being a good person. Yeah. And it like seemed so crazy that I would bring it up to you like, oh, what's he going to think about it? And then, you know, here you are thinking the same thing. And it's yeah. almost like, I just remember this moment is like a 6 a.m. hour that we were working together. And you said like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to dive in and do it. You know, yeah. and I remember that exact moment. And to see how, like to hear the full story of where it came to that culmination point is phenomenal. And I think the the thing that really makes a message truly impactful and makes a coach really, um, I, the word that's coming to me is productive or influential is like when you actually live out the things that you are trying to coach people on. Yeah. And it may not be the exact scenario, but that's where you gain influence. That's where you gain your street cred and to see and hear the essentially two year process getting to the point of actually developing the product. Like it's the common picture that you see of like uh, someone digging like in a mine and they're like this close to getting all the way through. And if they just worked a little bit harder, they would get through and break through that threshold, but they turn around and go back. And, yeah. and, and I contemplated going back every time we got off the phone, what, what that I got off the phone with Zach and John, because it's hard. Like it would be far easier for me to just continue to focus on just coaching people one-to-one, which there's still a a very high-touch end game I have with doing that, but and, and I'm doing that right now, but like I could just continue to pick up one-to-one clients. I could coach them independently. I could help them through their individual goals and, and challenges, but, but, but to do this and figure it out and to combat the narrative out there, which is in many ways so different from what I was trying to do, it continued to feel near impossible. And the only reason, well, there was two reasons why I sustained it. One was 
I continue to believe that it was possible and that there was no way that I could not at least continue to try. And then the second piece was whether it was Zach and John on our calls. Um, and by the way, they had already gotten paid. So like they had no more reason to, to, to pump me up, but it was either their affirmation or as I would share it with other people and the affirmation I was getting from them. And I had piloted um, a, a smaller version of the Foundations Academy years prior. And I'd gotten great feedback from those guys. There were six guys that went through it. It was only 90 days. Um, and it was only every other week for 90 days. So I remembered some of that affirmation. And so I would get ready to turn around and quit. And then I'm like, no, no, no. Something is here. And I still feel like that. Literally right now as we, re- we are recording, there's a part of me that's like, I'm so frustrated that this is not just exploded already because of expectation and belief and desire. But at the same time, I just have to keep sticking with it. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things that, uh, I mean, for myself in the coaching world is like people hire you as a coach for a support system. Support system is necessary to an extent. But what is really necessary is self-belief and the ability to will your way through it to an extent. You know, there needs to be intention. There needs to be purpose behind it. And without that, like without you actually believing that you do, maybe not all the time, that's where the support system kicks in. But it's like you need to be able to push yourself through this and be able to do it yourself. And that's like the biggest turning point for a lot of people where it's that's when you keep doing that, even when you don't want to that's when you break through that threshold and eventually get to the other side of it. And from what I'm hearing from you is you feel like you're there, but not quite there in the way that you see it yet. I'm there and nowhere near there. It's yeah. more like it. Well, check this out. Here, here's something really interesting. And, and so you'll, I'm sure you'll recall this. So as you think about, it, you said uh, uh, this, this need to have self-belief, which I absolutely believe. Like I can't believe on your behalf. I can't um, teach you to do that. I can't. Um, fill you up with more of that, like that. that's there or it's not. The way that most people try and most even coaches try to get people to the next level is by showing them externally what's possible. Look at this person, look at this thing, do this. There's some wisdom in that because it gives us an image of what life could be like, right? Or what uh, a movement in the gym could be like, or what uh, um, achieving a goal could be like. I understand that. But if you recall, what we did was, is we started with this foundation of who we were, right? Mm-hmm. Let's put up the mirror. Let's start to break down the facade of everything that we think we are, but we are not for good and bad. And let's get to the true root of who we are, right? The foundation. Everything we did after that for nine more weeks all went back to that. Mm -hmm. The only way we are ever going to believe in ourselves, and I don't think I've ever articulated it to this degree, the only way we will ever truly believe in ourselves is once we can truly see ourselves for who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the biggest miss with almost every single person in this world that's trying to achieve something beyond what they are right now or where they are right now. We're trying to add on. We're trying to, here's another process, or here's another idea, or here's another thought. And those are all good things. But when you're piling those things on top of 
a blurry version of who I am, how the hell will I understand where I fit into that, whether I fit into that? And so that's why that has to be the center. That has to be the foundation is us and the most clear vision of us possible. We're going to lose it, but then we just need to keep going back to it. Yeah, you know, and and for you guys listening, uh, we started diving into Ryan's Foundation to Freedom program that he created as a result of all this. And I had gone through this personally myself. And the first pillar that starts with this is starting with the foundation and understanding who you are. And one thing that you highlighted through the program and just now is that people are looking for that next thing that they can do or that they can add into the mix where sometimes that does work. But without the clarity of knowing who you are, the more that you add to it, the more confusion that you create, the less intention, the less purpose that you have in life. And then you're just continually just spinning in circles, wondering who you are, but you have so much on your plate that you don't even think about that because when you add, you got to start subtracting to actually get to the core of everything. And that was one of the things that I really learned going through the course itself was realizing that I had good intentions with adding more things in, but I wasn't actually as intentional as I needed to be in the core things. And those core things um, that I learned from your program are knowing who you are, but not necessarily, it's that's the root of it, but also identifying your roles, not just knowing your roles, but prioritizing them. And I, touch on like what it means to really prioritize your roles and like how that really begins to shape this foundation even further yeah so again you know starting with this idea of okay who am i right what am i passionate about what are my deepest principles those are those non-negotiable guardrails so then we think about okay so i'm gaining an understanding for i'm starting to define who i am but i need to recognize how that plays itself out in the real world and the best way to do that is to say i am called to certain specific roles Those things will change over time, but ultimately, right, like for me right now, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a business owner, I'm a coach, Uh, I um, focus on my health and well-being, Um, I am a Christian, I am a friend, like all of those things. So I begin to see how who I am plays out in those roles, but that's not enough. What I need to do is, is I need to figure out which ones of those deserve the most of my attention? Because again, if we're not, if, if success ultimately is this overabundance of joy, of freedom, of fulfillment, which is really what I want it to be for people, even though you get to do that for yourself. Um, if, if that's what it is, then I need to invest into the things that I am most deeply passionate about, that I am, that I love the most. Because if I invest into what I love the most, what's going to come out of that is what I love the most. Right. And, and so that was one part of it. The other part of it was, and this was the recognition of working with one specific client. Um, and I'll never forget. And he was killing it in business, killing it. And at the same time, he is a wonderful family man deeply loves his family, would literally die for them. No question about it. Invest into them on a weekly basis. Like, I mean, it was, it was impressive to me. He was much younger than I was. And I was just, I I admired that. Every time he talked about being frustrated, 
he always talked about being frustrated with work and how that was causing him sometimes to just go home and just not be able to do anything. Or he was losing sleep or it was causing him to skip the gym. Or I was like, wait a minute. You just told me that the most important thing in your life is your family. And not only did you tell me, but you show me by the things that you do. I, I totally believe that. And yet you are allowing this thing, your job. Yes, it's important. Yes, it's, it, it, it provides uh, you know, financial opportunity and for your family, like all that stuff. But you're allowing this thing farther down your list to destroy the most important thing in your life. I got called out for this, but I'm going to say it again. This would be like giving sloppy seconds to the person that you love the most. And the reason I got called out was is because that's a really derogatory term or can be really derogatory term. Yes. <laughs> but, but I want people to think, I want them to take it to that degree. Like I want them to understand that, and this is like, this is manhood 101 for me. Any man that is married to a woman and does not give that woman the first of everything that he has is not a man. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I just, that's it. And so... If you're continually making excuses for investing into your wife because work is taking up too much of your time, like I did that. But my excuse was while I'm providing for my family. I was working 14, 15, 16 hour days constantly. I was out all night networking and just bullshitting with other people. It was it was because that was that was my time with my you know clients. I was golfing for hours on end during the day when I could have been taking some of that time. I wasn't. And that was when my my marriage was crumbling wasn't a man. That wasn't for my wife. That wasn't for my kids. That was to feed my own ego. Mm. I was just using my family as an excuse. So again, like we need to make sure that we're prioritizing things appropriately. That doesn't mean at times that my family's not going to have to sacrifice for my business. As a business owner, that's happened plenty. But there needs to be an agreement to that too. Because again, top priority gets a say into everything below it. Yeah, you, you know, man, my head's spinning with every idea of what I want to talk about, to be truthfully honest. But, um, you know, one thing that I notice, and I, I, I've been into personal development for five or six years, so it's like the concept of roles and knowing my roles, and they've changed a lot in five years. But, like, a lot of people don't even identify their roles. Yep. You know, like, forget about what, like, beyond that, like, you have to know them first, yep. you know? And then the idea of the prioritization is so key, in my opinion, because like everything that you said, the, 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 the concept that stood out to me was balance. Everyone wants work-life balance. Balance doesn't exist. Not, not in the truest form, 50-50 or 20-20-20-20 if you got five different roles. Yeah. And that's the misconception that I think you hear and I hear a lot is that, well, I just want balance. Well, balance is balance of energy. And each role has a different bucket. And your role, as you're using the example of husband, deserves the most energy. And then from there on out, you divvy up the energy appropriately. But it's not a perfect split, you yep. know? And, yep. But when you create uh, um, actions, habits, behaviors that are going towards your less of a priority of your roles you're giving energy that is now out of balance and your life becomes misaligned because your, your number five role is actually your number one role and and vice versa, you know? And and it's just like, it it again goes back to this whole idea of like, let's get to the foundation. Let's, and and like the thing that 
as even preparing for the episode, I'm like, okay, I remember you even saying like, we can go in any order of these we really wanted to. And I had so many ideas, but I had to commit to one and go with it. Right. <laughs> Is that, but in all reality, it, it you do have to come back to this foundation. Yeah. And in my mind, I look at things with pyramids and your pyramid can only be as tall as your base is wide. Yep. So if your foundation is wonky, like you're not going to have a very stable building for that matter. So uh, all that to say, sorry, go ahead. Well, no. And two, I think it's like so important for us to recognize. So I've been married for almost 21 years. Um, and when I'm at my best in the gym, when I'm at my best in the office, when I'm at my best on the road, when I'm at the, my best wherever, it's when my marriage is the best. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and vice versa. If it's been years since Michelle and I have been in like a real fight, but when there's tension, when there's disagreement, when there's misalignment of idea or vision around a small decision or a big one, and we've got a lot of big decisions that we're in the process of making right now, like if there's misalignment there and it creates tension, it's really hard for me to come and put all my energy into my business on a day-to-day basis. It's, it's, it's common sense. And yet, again, so many guys, they just, they skip over it. Mm. And I think one of the biggest reasons why there's a lot of, there's a lot of accusations I could make as to why I think this is probable But I think the greatest one is because, back to the idea of measurement and metric, men don't typically brag about a great marriage. There's no, we're not high-fiving over taking our wives out on dates. We don't talk about, like, at, you know, 21 years of marriage, like, we should be celebrating the idea that we're still having sex with our spouse three and four times a week. We don't. Yeah. We talk about that when we're... 19 and we're out sleeping around three or four times a week, True. right? Or maybe for some of you, three or four times a day, whatever. But <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. that don't do that. <laughs> um, but really, like, we're not celebrating that as success. We're not celebrating that as a big win. But what we are celebrating is my business hit a milestone. I landed a new client. I, um, I, I, I paid myself more money. I took this lavish trip. Like, great, do that. But we need to recondition our minds to recognize that there is something far more important. And if we're to focus on what is far more important, I believe, again, it's going to naturally work its way down or up that pyramid. And it's going to it's going to produce a lot more fruit down line as it happens. Yeah. You you know, as you were you were as you were talking about men don't celebrate the fruit of a healthy marriage and a long one for that matter. And. The first thing that came to my mind is because talking about feelings is interpreted as a feminine thing. Yeah, it's weak. You know? Exactly. Weak is actually a much better descriptor of what it's really about. And I was actually just talking to someone this morning um, about just that. Like when I ask a male or a man of, hey, how does that make you feel? Well, I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, there's such a disconnect from, you know, what I look at as like emotional health, like as this overall pillar of health, like there needs to be the emotional aspect of it. And I feel like, um, even from what you're saying, what I'm hearing is this emotional disconnect, right? Of like, Oh, I, if I'm emotional and if I wear my emotions on my sleeve, like I'm weak for doing that. Mm -hmm. No, you actually, if you wear your emotions on us on your sleeve and channel that energy in a positive light, 
it's such a great characteristic, it's such a great, great quality for that matter. And it's like, we need more of that. We need more of the celebration of the marriage feats and the great stuff that comes with that. And yeah. it, it needs to be put out there more. Well, and I think too, I'm going to tiptoe what I say next because <laughs> I want to be respectful <laughs> of you and your audience. But just if everyone is to look back 10 years, we were in this season of toxic masculinity, right? And that was how men wore their emotions on their sleeves. They did. We have, we have typically never not, but the emotions that we have portrayed were anger, frustration, rage. Um, when we felt hurt, when we felt attack, we, we just, we naturally responded with that. And that was almost celebrated, right? Like that idea of lashing out. So what, what then happened, which is what happens with every other trend or, you know, anything in society, the pendulum started to swing. Mm. We, we never found the center though. We just swung almost to the complete opposite direction, yeah. which is for sake of not being toxic, we are going to retreat and we are not going to, we, we're, we're not going to express our natural emotion. And so when I hear that as a man, ignorant to what my emotions even are, and I'm like, well, I, I should express my emotions. So I guess I'm not going to express any of them, mm. even though what they don't really want is they don't want the range and anger, rage and anger and, and, you know, like outrage, you know, like all that to come out. So that's been a big part of it. And then coupled with, and again, this is my very careful words, but we live in a day and age today where it is offensive, uh, if not even a threat, to truly define manhood. And so that has created a disaster for men today because I believe a man is a provider. I believe a man is a protector. There needs to be, I don't care how short you are, skinny you are, like if, if, if there is a physical altercation, a man should always jump in front of a woman. I believe that at war, men should go to the front line. This ain't about capability. This is about the nature of, of what I believe it means to be a man. Mm -hmm. I believe that in the home, the man should always lead, but they need to earn that right to lead mm -hmm. by being supportive of and respectful to their spouse, right? So it's not trampling on people, but again, because we've swung out of this toxic masculinity and now into this confusion of masculinity, men don't even know where to go or what to do with any of their emotions. And so I, I, I feel for them. And then once they think they kind of do know, they're freaking afraid to speak about it because they're going to get railed for doing so. Mm. So it's just, it's crazy to, to think about trying to lean into that identity now. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the thing that stood out the most is the lack of definition. Without definition, you don't have direction. Right. Without direction, you don't have your eyes set on anything, yep. right? And the one thing that stood out to me when, when you were talking is like um, the reactionary nature. Like something happens, boom, some, and you just immediately do something without thought. 
Yep. And the, 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 what popped in my mind is, is Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search of Meaning. Mm. I mean, and the, the title of the book is Man's Search of Meaning. Mm-hmm. And he has a famous quote that, that stirs around all the time of like between stimulus and response, there's a space. Mm. And that space is your ability to choose. I, I may have muffled up a couple words, but that's the general premise is like, yeah, like what you're saying is there's this pendulum sh- shift from here to like overreacting yep. to not reacting at all. Yep. Where if we could just be, for lack of better words, a little more conscious about who we are, mm-hmm. the foundation, the roles that we have in our life, like that, that in and of itself will define manhood for you, yeah. you know? And then it's like, you have this healthy ability to see something and not react, but respond yep. according to your values, your principles, your ethics, like however you want to phrase it. And whatever you ascribe to from religion to spirituality, like there needs to be some sort of pillars using your terminology from your course. There needs to be pillars in your life yep. for you to fall back on. Yep. And that's why a course with something like you created with the Foundations of Freedom is so important because you need pillars. You yep. need something to fall back on. And there needs to be clarity in the form of not just a definition, but what your vision is, yep. you know, because... You look at manhood, and yes, there's a definition just like when we talked about success, but your definition might slightly vary from mine, yep. but still the core values and principles of the definition are there, yep. right? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been having this conversation on my podcast uh, for a couple of months now where I'm only interviewing men, and one of the first questions I ask them is, how do you define manhood? Mm. And it's been different, and that's great. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that like it needs to be confined to my terms provider and protector, because even inside my terms of provider and protector, how I define those is different than how some other people may. But what we get down to at the end of the day is there's a common theme that that runs through it all. And um, I forget one of my guests, he had said something along the lines of uh, it's a man that lives up to his word. And mm-hmm. what I loved about that was and again, you know, going back to kind of my own um, uh, coaching material, you know, That's why when we're talking about this foundational identity of who we are, part of that is our defining principles. Like if I'm a man of integrity, then when it comes to, let's just say, being physically threatened, my first response is not to punch somebody in the face, though I'd really like to punch a lot of people in the face because I have integrity and and I don't want to be known as a person that does that. Right. I want to I want to carry myself well. I want to be liked by and honored by the people around. Like like when, when you're when you're when you're creating these principles and you understand what they are and you're truly leaning and living into them, it's going to help you live as that man that you have been created to be. But again, when you don't know who you are, when you don't know what those guardrails look like, you have no shot. I mean, we're, we're looking around and we're just we're looking at the, the latest influencer or the latest um, uh, actor on TV. And it's like, I guess that's what it means to be a man. And, and again, I remember that. Like, you know, if, if you think about manhood, it was like I was just the only reason this name came up is because of something we were watching last night. It's like Charleston Heston uh, sitting down with his cowboy hat on, smoking a cigarette you know, spitting off to the side and get ready to shoot anybody that came his way or John Wayne or, you know, it's like that. It's like, like that, that, that was what everybody modeled manhood around. And to, to one reason I get it, like, that's pretty cool. I could, I could go back and live in that era. My wife doesn't think so, but I think it'd be pretty <laughs> dope. 
So it's like, on one hand, that's fine, right? Like we, we see some of those today. We see the way that there's certain men that carry themselves that we look up to and say, that's what it means to be a man. Mm. But that's not the, 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 the wax model for us, right? We're going to have our own leanings. We're going to have our own preferences. We're going to have our own ideas. And so we have to be careful to not fix our eyes on somebody that is not us. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something that you said that uh, a question popped up in my, in my mind that I need to ask you is like, you <laughs> said something along the lines of that. Um, this is just paraphrasing, but I want other people to like me. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of times people would contest that and be like, Oh, like that's superficial. You just want people to like you. Yeah. But um, I, I guess the, the thing that I, w- I would question is like, it's about the people that you want to like you. Right, you're you're specific in, in the intention behind the people that you want to like you. Yeah, so it's so interesting. I just got into this conversation with my 12 year old daughter the other day. Um, she's gotten really snarky lately, and she thinks it's really funny. So and, I got 12 year, or 11 years. Yes, you do. <laughs> Good luck. Not that long either. Oh, um, and so we were talking about this, and so this is what I mean. So I. I went a period of time in my life where I wanted everybody to like me. So therefore I was, I tried to be something that I wasn't. I don't want that. Then I went through a period of my life where I didn't give a shit about what anybody thought. And I don't want to be like that either. So what it has come down to for me. And so this is where for me, my biblical foundation comes into play. So there's a couple of specific verses in the Bible that talk about this, but it's really this idea of, um, don't allow anybody to bring a charge against you. And what I mean by that is, is I want, I, I actually do want everybody to like me. I, I, I don't want that to require me to be something that I'm not. But what I want is to be able to say that I have stood for what is right. I have stood, I, I have lived out of my own word and my own belief that if anybody is, to bring some kind of accusation against me, that it would be done so out of their own blindness or their own ignorance and not out of the truth that I have truly intended to or or harmed or offended them. And so I feel like there is an opportunity for us. I mean, there are some very, very charged topics of today as it relates to politics and mm-hmm. um, medicine and religion and and I'm happy to talk about them all and I'm happy to agree to disagree with people in those areas but when I at least now today I wasn't always like this when I enter into one of those conversations I go in with the intention that I'm going to share my perspective and point of view seeking first to understand theirs I was waiting for the Stevie Covey, <laughs> Stephen Covey reference <laughs> yeah but but I but then I want to walk away with an understanding from them that I have carried myself well in sharing my opinion, not to do them harm, but to seek the best in my own. Mm-hmm. And so I know that that was very wordy, but I actually think it's more possible than we think it is. But again, by living as our true self and by seeking to do the best that we can. C.S. Lewis has a quote. He says, it's not your business to succeed, but to do what is right. When you have done so, the rest lies with God. And so it's like, I don't have control. Like even if you don't ascribe that idea to God, you don't have control. You have, you have zero control of somebody else's reaction. I can influence it, but I don't have control over it. So therefore, let me just go be my best self and allow them to react. And if they react negatively based upon their own ignorance, 
that, 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 that's not a fair charge against me. And so they can live in that. So I just want to seek to make sure that everybody likes me according to me living as the best version of myself. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's a great answer. You know, like I, I already had an idea of what the answer would be, but I was really curious to what that came out with yeah. your words, because that is something that someone says, like, I just want everyone to like me. And they're like, wow, like you're so superficial or whatever, <laughs> you know? And, um, like that should be your goal. Yep. But with boundaries attached to it, you know? And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do is to set boundaries, you know? And and boundaries are such a healthy thing in today's world, especially in the climate of so many controversial topics. Uh, It's like, but boundaries don't mean that it can't happen at all. Yeah. There just needs to be a limit that you set for yourself in that sense of like, how far am I going to stretch myself to get other people to like me? Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's the the common thing that I notice, at least, that people are missing. Yeah. Well, a boundary. Well, yeah, it's 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 that it's those principles. Right. So those guardrails. And then, two, you know, we all have convictions. Right. But we need to understand that there are very few convictions that we should be willing to die on the hill for. And again, I think that's been that's something that's been lost because we just don't understand how to have discourse mm. in culture today, which is one reason why I love Joe Rogan so much is that guy can have conversation with just about anybody of any different shape and size, background. Like he's gonna call him out if he believes they're wrong, but he carries himself so respectfully in the way that he has conversation. And he has some deep convictions about things, but he doesn't project those on people in a way to do them harm. He will only do that in such a way that he believes it's the right thing. And few things you could see that he would he would really be willing to die on the hill for. For me, it's the same way. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not um, uh, comparing myself to him, but like right, right. I there are very few things I will absolutely die on the hill for. Like I, I, there, there's probably one. That you want I, to share what that is? Yeah. So it's my belief about God. Like other than that, like. We can still agree to disagree, mm-hmm. but I, I will never give up my position about what I believe about God. And so that, that that's my die on the hill. And you know, I, I can get into a discussion with somebody of a different religion and they can disagree with me all they want. Like, I'm not going to give there. I'm just, I'm not. Um, I, I've had people that have desired not to do business with me because, um, Sometimes in some of the things I'll teach or share, like even in workshop, I'm not trying to project my beliefs on them, but it's just part of who I am. They don't like that. So they don't want to do business. And so I'm willing to die on that one. Right. Like I I, like, but that's it. And to me, that's because that is truly, at least in my opinion, the most life or death situation that I can see existing in this world. Mm. Outside of that, I have some very, very strong convictions about politics. I ain't going to die on any one of those hills because they're all kind of idiots. <laughs> I have some very, very strong opinions about the pandemic and about vaccines and about like all those things. I'm not going to die. Like I may die to protect the, the, the interests of myself or my family over some of those things, but I ain't going to die over trying to argue somebody's point on those. Like it, it's so ridiculous, mm-hmm. but we're willing to ruin other people and even ourselves over things that don't matter because we have got so caught up 
in trying to fight a narrative that doesn't even really matter to us Mm -hmm. instead of taking more time to focus on us, not for selfish interest. But if we all, all really sought to be the best version of ourselves, which is such a stupid cliche thing to say, but it, it means something. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But if we all sought to do that, we would live in a far better world. Yeah. But we're too busy destroying everybody else for the sake of our own good. Like if I cut you down, it makes me feel better. And somehow I, I, I believe that that's going to lift me up. It's like you're ruining your life. Those are the most miserable people. It's terrible. And, and literally, as you were saying that, the, the first thing that popped in my head is like, it just goes back to the foundation, right. you know, like the, the die on the hill, the, your, your, um, the, the example that you gave about your belief in God yep. and that being the one, but beyond that, like, that's the one firm boundary that you've set that yep. I'm not going to go on the other side of this one. But the other ones you're like, yeah, I'm not like. I'm, I've, I have a conviction about it, yeah. but it's not enough for me to completely turmoil someone's life or my life over. Right. And the thing that you said that like, it got me amped up about it is that people waste so, and the proper word is waste so much energy on that stuff. Oh. When if they just spent that energy and invested it into themselves, like you said, the world would be a far better place. And yeah. it, it's one of those things that, but people don't have that foundation to go back to who am i what do i want to be who do i want to be what roles do i serve how do i fill those roles because if you genuinely went back to those then you wouldn't waste the energy on that stuff or if you did you would check yourself real quick yeah i mean like i don't know where we're at from from a time perspective but i'm good if you're good um but you know in in the grand scheme of things if again not for selfish interest but if i if i understood who i am have a vision for what the future looks like for me personally, for what, what freedom looks like. I have those guardrails up. I've prioritized what's most important to me. And then I seek to invest all of my time into living as the best version of that person. I actually don't have time for anything else. That, that is what's crazy to me is like seek pleasure. Like there's so many people that talk about productivity and time management and they're like, Get the most out of every single minute. Like I have plenty of time during the day that I intentionally waste or I lead a business that I am the sole revenue generator for at this point. And I only work 30 hours a week on average. There's reason for that. It's because I prioritize other things over just simply generating revenue. But it's still intentional time overall that is helping me to get to where I want to go in life. It produces the feelings that I want, the experiences that I want. It surrounds me with the people that I want. Like, I get caught up in the frustrations of today. Like, there's just no way. Like, I'd be very interested to find somebody that really said, like, it's no big deal, whatever. Like, there's a lot of really important stuff going on. Those people would argue that they don't either because they don't believe that perfection exists. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, if they're truly, like, at a top level, they, they won't even... They won't even take that comment and be like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a Sorry to interject. No, no, point. no. It's your podcast. So just. <laughs> yeah, I do what I want. <laughs> la- you should. See, that's freedom. Um, so, <laughs> but like laser in on that. You want to. You, you, anything that we're putting effort into, even arguing over politics, we have a desired end game. Something that we, we, we think we're going to do as a result of that. 
If you just focused, or if you spent the mass majority of your time focusing on what really mattered to you personally, you would see far greater outcomes produced on a day in and day out basis. That's all the way back to 2019 for me, right? It's if I just focus on the most productive and highest performing habits of a husband, a father, a friend, a Christian, an athlete, I think I can be the person that I desire to be. Now, that doesn't mean that I am the person that I ultimately desire to be. Both because I get distracted, I have bad days, um, I've got many years ahead of me, but I'm constantly compounding this effect. Like this is like investment 101, you know, investing 101. If I invest in myself today as the best version of myself, 12 months from now, I'm going to be a better version of myself that I'm still investing into that's going to compound the next year and the next year and the next year. Like, I, I'm so frightened to say this, but if I continue down the road that I'm on right now, knowing how I feel about my life overall right now, I can't imagine how amazing it's going to feel 12 months from now. Because I've had my share of roadblocks, my share of frustrations, lost some clients or lost revenue. Um, you know, it hasn't all been easy, but I, without a doubt, without question, as God is my witness, am living the most amazing version of my life right now. I've never felt as good about my life overall as I ever have. Personally, professionally, inside, outside, everything. And that's all the result of doing what I believe is the right thing to do. So what does that mean for next year? Like, it's crazy. That's what gets me really excited is knowing what's possible if I've only begun to scratch the surface. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big fan of taking concepts from other areas. You're talking about investment, compounding nature. Yeah. And how, like, those are, are things that exist in nature, you know, and, and they're natural law in a sense. Like, it's going to happen. And if people could take that concept instead of, putting all their marbles into the monetary investments, which are important, but invest in yourself, you know, and create the compounding nature of that by continually doing it. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. Yeah. And one quote that was ringing through my head as you were talking about the thing that you would die on the hill for, and, and all this talk is a Mother Teresa quote where it's this big, long thing. I don't have it memorized, but I have it in my office. And it's basically like people are going to try to bring you down, do good anyways. The last sentence of it is because in the final in the final analysis, it's between you and God anyways. Mm. And even if you don't ascribe to believing in God, either way, it's between you and you. Yeah. And why waste all this energy on other people, other things that are not investing into yourself yeah. to literally compound your happiness, your freedom, your success, your fulfillment, like whatever words you want to attach to it. Yeah. And like, that was just the one thing that like ran through my head where it's like, people just need that reminder as well. Yeah. You know, like, you know what, you, you have a wife and whatever belief system you have around death, life after death, like in the final analysis though, like it there is a point in time where it's between you and you or you and God. And like, what's going to make you happy in that moment? And yeah. a question that I pose to a lot of people is like, when you find yourself in a tough situation, ask yourself, what's going to make your future self proud? Yeah. And if you just took that moment, again, back to the whole Viktor Frankl quote of like, in between stimulus and response is a space. And in that space is your ability to choose. If you took that space and just asked yourself that one question, you would save yourself a lot of stress you would save yourself a lot of energy expenditure that is not moving you in the direction that you want to go. Yep. 
Sorry, that, that was just like what? No, it's just, so good. It, it, it just was like ringing in my head. You know, you know something else? Because this was between you and I. Um, you know, so this idea of like, again, focusing on the process, focusing on the good habits, focusing on the best version of myself. It just happened recently for me in, in a very different manner. And that was, right, I've been working in the reverse order with you. You've been helping me to get stronger you know, just overall, and then in some specific areas. And so week in and week out, I don't know, like somewhat consistently for the last like six weeks or something like that, I'm doing all of these different exercises, none of which truly it was set to test my one rep max lift. I, I, I didn't practice it once in there. I wasn't pushing that envelope at all throughout the I was just over and over again, following the process that you gave me to focus on all these specific areas, trusting that eventually it's going to produce something good. And then literally almost by accident on just a random day in the gym, here comes this lift and I'm like, oh, let me just see how far I can push myself. And I blew my personal best out of the water as the result of not trying to test the limit. Not trying to like over, just focusing on the little things that were going to help me to be the very best in each one of those little areas to get stronger, to get more efficient. And doing those things literally, naturally produced a far better outcome than I had been able to produce on my own for years prior. So it's just, it's so helpful for people to see that this applies to all areas of life, right? Mm -hmm. You don't go out and like set a mile record by trying to run your ass off for a mile for 10 straight weeks. Like there's a lot of things that go into building up the, you know, the, uh, the ability to be able to set a record like that. No one's going to go out and earn a million dollars this next year uh, when they've only earned a hundred thousand to this point by just always just shooting for the moon every single time they get to work in the morning. But that's how most people act. You know, they're just, it's like, where's the home run? Where's the grand slam? Like, what can I do? It's like, no, 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 no. The little things every single day that reflect the best version, the habits and disciplines of the person that will one day get to that goal. And sure as shit, almost every single time, if you're consistent in doing it, you're going to get there. It may not be in the time that you want, but you will eventually get there. Yeah, people are dreamers. And I, I've heard this uh, quote is that a, a dream is in your head, a goal is written down. And the reason why I bring this up is because you, 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 you brought up the point, like people are always wondering where that home run is, right? How about what's right in front of you? Yeah. You know, and I made a post recently that like, as a result of the program and celebrating my wins, like I have, I'm someone who worries about the future and constantly is like, well, what if this, what, when's uh -huh. this going to happen? Right. So many people probably relate to that or you're in the opposite direction. You worry about the past. Oh, I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Both things, like back to the pendulum, like they're at opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. But in the middle is the present. What, like, what's right in front of you right now, and what can you do? You know, and and it's just like that was that was one of the most for the uh, for the little credit I, I want to take. Like that was one of the most gratifying things I had seen, and I can't tell you how long, because we had just finished, I think the entire. Foundations Academy, mm -hmm. and I, if I would have asked you 
any one of those 10 weeks that we were together, like, what were your wins for the week? You probably would have come up with two or three in a week. Mm -hmm. And yet, all of a sudden, out of the blue, I see you post on Instagram, and there was like 12 in one day. That was actually halfway through the day. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then I see later you post again, and there was some crazy number of them. Like you would fill two pages of a journal with wins from like that day, right? Mm -hmm. That day. Yeah. One day. How many? Do you remember how many it was? Uh, that specific day was around 30, but as of late, like I'm upwards of like 35, 45, something <laughs> like that. But here's the thing, because people will look at that and they'll be like, oh, that's woo woo. You know, you're celebrating that you woke up. Fuck yeah, I'm celebrating I woke up. Yeah, he finally cussed. It just took him a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised it took that long, actually. Maybe my mom, I thought my mom was going to be listening or something. Uh, but, um, you know, like that's not guaranteed though. No. It, it's not. And and people that, that they don't take the... That's definitive. The people that choose not to think about it that way, they're they're too worried about the future or the past. Yeah. You know, is that like you are not guaranteed to wake up. But yeah, you know what? I celebrated the fact that I, what in my terminology is aligned a nutritious meal every time I eat. Because yeah. guess what? It was a choice to eat yep. what I ate. And here's the thing. I, um, I celebrate the fact that I don't wake up with an alarm because that's what I've set out to do. All these things that I'm writing down are because they're contributing to the life that I want and desire. Yep. And if I don't celebrate it, then I'm not seeing how much of the, the life that I'm living. And here's the thing. When I signed up to do your course, I was in a rut, you know? Like, I was like, dude, what am I doing with myself? I had made this tremendous leap off into the middle of the ocean <laughs> of starting my own business when I had a kid and in the, mid of, in the midst of a, a global pandemic where just life had been turned upside down. Like, that's not me playing the victim. Like, that was the truth. Yeah. And I, I chose to do it. And I was sitting there like, why why did I do it and what am I doing? And as a result of this task and the course and celebrating my wins, I realized how much of the life that I was working for and feeling like I was not having was right in front of me. And I know you told me that time and time <laughs> again before that. Yeah. But you you know, you can't cause someone to change you can no. only influence them to change yeah. and the fact that you never stopped and the fact that i continued to invest in myself like got me to that point whereas like all i wanted was to live this type of life and it lo and behold it's right there in front of me yeah and the thing that you won't see on any of those wins is i made x amount of dollars yeah it was like i enjoy time on the couch with my wife and my daughter yeah because that was a large part of why i made that change because yeah. i wanted to do that yeah here's the thing it doesn't feel natural for me to do that I, I somehow in some way, shape or form have to like force myself to yeah, do it. Sure. And that's not to, to downplay the weight of it, but it's because like, I, that's not comfortable for me. I'm, I'm going to this idea of man, you need to be working. You need to be working until nine, 10 PM at night. You need to grind. No, I need to live in accordance to my roles. Like my, my role, number one is husband. My role, number two is father. Boom, boom, right there. And it's like, because so many people had messaged, there's nobody that actually was like a hater on it, you know, yeah, yeah. like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that doesn't, that stuff doesn't work. It's so many people that reached out that were like, man, I really need to do that. Damn right you do. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, and. I got really excited. For no, that's you know? good. Like, <laughs> this is like the amazing, I'm not even a Star Wars fan, but I said that right. Yes, Star Wars. Uh, this is like the best Jedi mind trick 
of this whole academy and like for anybody else that would ever do it. And, and here's this, you're just going to hear the whole trick right now. My whole goal through it all, like I, I want people to achieve the life of their dreams. I really, really do. You want private jets and mansion. I want you to have that. I, I really, really honestly do. But what I want more than anything is for what happened to you. And that is you realize that your life of freedom was right in front of you. It's not perfect. It never will be, no matter what you have. But for every single day, to be able to wake up and recognize that, yeah, I'm making sacrifices in certain areas. You can't go buy a Ferrari today if that's what you wanted, but it's a worthy sacrifice because the other side of it is you're sitting on the couch with your wife and your daughter. And for other people, it's like, I, I get to just go take that vacation for a month that I have wanted to forever. Or for certain people, it's going to be, I'm going to take the leap of faith and I'm going to quit a job and I'm going to go start a business and shit, man, that is going to be so financially burdensome and frustrating and, and it's going to destroy me in so many ways, but it's going to give me the freedom to do the job that I want to do. That is ultimately what it means to live a life of freedom. People challenge me like, you can't say that. You can't tell people that you want to give them the ability to do what they want, when they want with the people that they want. That's dangerous. And I'm like, sure, in the wrong hands it is. Mm -hmm. But if we lay that foundation, get them to define what it is they really want, then that is exactly what we have been put on this earth to do, is to live that life that we've been created to live. But too many people are missing it. So I, I love seeing those wins. I love hearing that it's continuing. And what I love too is it's not just about recognizing like how fortunate you are that day. It's every single time, like psychologically, every time we log a win, it tees us up for the next one. And like if you keep doing that as consistently as you possibly can, next year the wins are gonna be bigger. You're not gonna, you're hopefully. You're not going to forget the fact that you're blessed to wake up in the morning. Like, that's huge. And more people really do need to recognize how important that is. But that is going to literally catapult you into something greater. And so it's that momentum. Build them. Build them. Build them. Don't reach for the stars. Put one foot in front of the other. Eventually, you're going to get there if you're going to get there. So I just, I love that from so many different angles. Again, when I saw you post that, I was like, dude, everybody everybody not only needs to see this, celebrate this, but everyone needs to take a lesson from him and start doing it. It's just, it's, it's such a valuable thing that just too many people miss. I agree. And, and, you know, I, I, the thing that I come back to a lot is a lot of natural law stuff. And there's this thing called the law of inertia. The yeah. object at rest stays at rest and object of motion stays in motion. Keep yourself in motion. Yep. Get some momentum. Yep gain like a rhythm out of it, you yep. know? And that's another thing from your course is like creating rhythms in your life, right? Yep. And it's like, so many people do something and they stop because they're like, well, I couldn't do it how I was doing it. Well, keep doing it, you know? And I'm surprised we haven't quoted James Clear 20 times already, but <laughs> at the same time, it's like, he's a big fan of small wins, stack yeah. them, compound, all, all these words that we're coming back to. And if you guys haven't picked up on the fact of the foundation, the compounding, be intentional and all this stuff, it's like, dude, just get started. Yeah. And that's the biggest hurdle that you're going to come across. 
Yeah. Most likely. And, and we can argue some other hurdles, of yeah. course. But like really to get started is really the hardest thing for a lot of people. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, this is not necessarily a, a, a self-serving pitch as much as it is what I believe to be the honest to God's truth, because this is what it took for me. And I believe this is what it takes for everybody that I've ever seen actually do this is you cannot do this by yourself. I think that's the other risk that mm-hmm. I see people uh, taking. And it's a mistake because um, you've heard me say it before, like we lie to ourselves more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get started. And before long, we're going to start lying to ourselves and telling ourselves that we're either nailing it and we're not, or that we're terrible at it when we're not. And so we need other people there to, to walk in step with us, to help hold us accountable to the truth, to continue to hold up that mirror, to show us who we really are to drag us out of the pit, mm-hmm. to kick us into it sometimes, yeah. you know, so, you know, so whether that is, you know, a, a professional engagement from a coach or somebody, that's a necessity. Or if you're going to do it with a friend, a group of friends, you just need to make sure that they love you enough to tell you the truth, even when it hurts. Because most often when I see people do that in kind of like friendly groups or with acquaintances, when there's not real skin in the game, uh, is they won't be honest enough when it really takes it. True. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. And in, 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 uh, on that same point, because we touched on it earlier, of like there's the part of the support system and there's the part for yourself. Yeah. And oftentimes people will view it as it's 100% the support system that does it, or 100% yeah, myself. No and it's not 50-50. Find that balance, okay? And it's important to find the right person to lead you along that journey and make sure that there's alignment there as well. Um, and I you know, like I just gained so much from that program. And like, I just want you to know like how much that meant for me and how much your role means to me in in my life and how much you've influenced me to grow to where I'm at, but also influencing me to keep growing, to be the person that I actually am desiring to be in the life that I'm willing to create. So I I thank you for that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. I mean, it's, this is it, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's great to be able to help people in general and, uh, and I love to do that, but it means a million times more to me. No offense to, to, to people that aren't this person, but it, it, it feels so much more impactful to me when it's people that I deeply care about and know um, because I get to see mm-hmm. where it came from, how it's really working itself out and where it's going to go. So I'd love to see you on that journey. I mean, I, I deeply believe in you. I from the second I remember you, you know, you you thinking about taking the step for yourself into entrepreneurship, and um, from the second I, you know, knew you were going to get married, the first time I heard that you were going to be a father, like it's all there. And I love the fact that you are as deeply invested into yourself, but for the good of those around you. Uh, and I'm pumped because, I mean, if you're stacking wins like this you know, what's ahead is going to be crazy. Thank you. I really appreciate hearing that. Um, what's the plans for the foundation of freedom and foundations of freedom, excuse me, in the near future. So people like myself, where I was can enroll and be coached by you. Yeah. So, um, I'd like to say that I have a, a perfect picture, uh, but I'm making a few more tweaks uh, and so as of right now, we will launch our next round uh, in the uh, right after the first of the year. So probably 
I originally was going to do early January. I don't want to get caught up in everybody's stupid New Year's resolutions. I want to let those <laughs> things burn out and fail. Yeah. And, I, uh, I'm, I'm like you. I, I try to like wait till afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so end of January, early February is when we'll launch the next group. But with that, um, one thing that, and we talked about this a little bit um, when we were in our group, is um, having then some uh, ongoing consistency of engagement. So that will be built into the next program, which obviously you guys will be brought into for that. And then the final piece is, is I have developed probably 10 or 12 individual modules that are outside of um, the academy itself. So in regards to like, uh, I think you saw one that we postponed, but, um, you know, how to be the man in business and how to be the man in our marriage and how to be the man uh, in, as an entrepreneur, how to be the man with our finances. And I know it sounds very catchy, but it's really important to me to take that idea of manhood and identity that we are creating through the academy and inserting that into the very practical areas of our life. So those will start um, getting those will get into a rotation uh, that we'll be doing at least once a month after the first of the year, too. So I'm pretty pumped for that. And then the grand vision, uh, and I guess it's probably going to be said here publicly first, is um, uh, uh, end of spring, early summer of 2022, we're going to do a live event. Awesome. Uh, and so we'll fly a few other friends in here that's uh, of mine that speak into other specific areas that touch on this finance, health. You, I've talked to you about that as well. And, mm-hmm. um, and so have, have people being able to contribute to that. But there's just something about the energy of, of guys being together in person uh, that can't be replicated through any kind of virtual engagement. So we'll test that out at the beginning of the summer. If that works, then we'll probably do two of those a year uh, beginning in 2023. Awesome. That's super exciting. So where can people follow along on your journey and follow and keep up with you with all this information? Yeah, website's the easiest way, ryanjamesmiller.com or all of my social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is all the same and it's at RJM Sales Pro and they can find that podcast or my podcast there and um, all the fun videos we do, educational videos. We're getting videoed today for your podcast. So that'll be fun. So that'll be up on YouTube here at some point sooner than later. And uh, yeah, just I, I, I'm, I, I want other people, again, not to see me and say, that's what I want. I want other people to see me and say, I want that. I, I want to figure out what that is for myself. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. I got to finish out with one last question. Uh-oh. It's a fun question. If you were to choose a song that's your theme song, for every room you walk into in life, <laughs> this place, what song plays when Ryan enters a room? Oh, man, I that that's just too hard. I don't know. I don't have a favorite song right now that is just, is just going. I don't know. Dang it. Did I stump you on this? You one? did. You yeah. did. I, I thought I thought it was a layup, basically. I know. It could have been, but there's just something about... I, I'm so spread out in genres of music that it just is, it, I guess it's the mood that I'm in. Mm. Right now, I'm very, very deep into um, uh, uh, like, well, country always, but uh, just inspirational music. And so that's a lot from like the Christian genre, but specifically 
in hip hop. And mm-hmm. so that's what I'm listening to a lot right now. And again, because that for me is just a constant reminder of who I am, kind of like bringing me back to, to, to my foundational self. So yeah, maybe I'll have to drop it later and you could. Yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it <laughs> at the end of it there. Now, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to doing this again with you down the road. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. And for you guys listening, uh, if you guys want to follow along, thanks for tuning into the Align Lifestyle podcast. You can follow me at coach.colin.meads on Instagram. And we'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.